Welcome to another episode of Understory podcast. Understory is a global community of innovators and companies that are trying to make impact in our world. And uh, today we're really excited to have Nathan Stuck to be our guest. Nathan, welcome. And uh, really interesting what you're doing. Love to learn more about um, what you're building. But uh, first off, tell us more about you and give our audience an introduction. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, thanks for having me. Always excited to uh, get the opportunity, the platform to talk B Corps, talk uh, purpose, and just um, everything in between there. So thanks. Uh, excited to be here. And yeah, I'm uh, Director of Corporate Culture and Strategic Impact for Ad Victorium Solutions. We're a Salesforce uh, implementation partner consulting company out of Alpharetta, which is just north of Atlanta. And we have people, about 150 employees across the country. So um, I oversaw our B Corp certification and, and that has led me down a road, both professionally at work and um, through my nonprofit, Be Local Georgia, that, that keeps me very busy in the B Corp space and trying to uh, help companies be less afraid of taking the assessment, getting through it, putting some numbers together to see kind of current states and, uh, you know, help them start their journey to becoming better corporate citizens. Great. So uh, tell us more about B Corp. You know, I think people see certain companies and see, okay, they're B Corp, but um, what should people know about B Corp? Why is it significant? You know, that whole uh, area that people don't really know about. Yeah. And it's funny because it's gotten a little bit better. I remember three, four years ago, everybody I told B Corps about to, they either thought it was some form of, of corporation status, like S Corp or C Corp, or they just kind of nodded and had no idea, or they just flat out said, well, what's that? Um, so it's getting a little bit better. There's over 4,000 now worldwide, but I describe B Corp or the certification at least as, as the gold standard of corporate social responsibility. So it is a a certification that for-profit businesses can attain. It's uh, and and you, literally there's an assessment with uh, a pretty lengthy, pretty detailed everything from um, there's five sections to so everything from corporate governance to employees to community impact to diversity, equity, inclusion to in the environmental impact on your company's making, all the way down to customers and data privacy and you know, full disclosure and transparency. So it's a really thorough assessment of where a business is in their, I guess, their, their journey to moving away from, from shareholder capitalism and, and making sure that they're, they're focused on all of their stakeholders. So it's, it's to businesses what like lead certification would be to a building or certified organic would be to milk. So it's, it's just, it's the only one it like it too. I mean, there's a lot of great organizations. You know, I'm, I was just at a Go Beyond Profit event in uh, Sandy Springs on Friday. Uh, I collaborated with Conscious Capitalism earlier this year. So, I mean, I'm friends with all these people. They're great organizations. B Corp is the only one, however, that really makes you put your money where your mouth is. And you either get 80 points and you certify or you don't. Um, and you continue your journey to, to getting those points. So it's pretty rigorous, pretty high barrier to entry. Got it. So what you're saying is that any organization can become a B Corp. Yep. Any for-profit business can become a B Corp. Um, we have everything in the community. There's everything. Georgia itself, we have 18 right now, 
but it's everything from a solopreneur to, you know, small and medium, you know, you know, 25, 50 employees up to, you know, I would call us probably medium size with 150 all the way up to uh, Danone, Dan in North America, the yogurt, milk, um, dairy company. So Danone, right. Dan in North America is now the largest uh, B Corp in the world. And the parent wow. organization, Danone, has a, has a pledge to certify all, I think they have 25 subsidiaries, 50 subsidiaries around the world by 2025. Yeah. So I think that's actually one of the potential misunderstandings, which you point out here, is that it's, it's not like, when people see a B Corp uh, on a company's website, that's the incorporation status. It's a certification that says, okay, this is the business, regardless of incorporation status and, and type, they have gone through these uh, certification um, measures or criteria, satisfy those criteria to become uh, a B Corp. Correct. Yeah. Like our ad Victorian, we're still an LLC. Um, there okay. are states, there are states where there is a, a separate thing called public benefit corporation. So like a PBC and, and Delaware has a PBC LLC structure, mm-hmm. but not all benefit corporations are B Corps and not all B Corps are public benefit corporations. So there is, there are some legal requirements in the B Corp certification right. to, um, you know, for LLCs, you have to amend your articles of incorporation for an S Corp or a C Corp. You have to reincorporate as one of those public benefit corporations, basically making sure that you are legally bound to um, take into account the welfare of all stakeholders. So that right. if, Something like Whole Foods, you know, where John Mackey has said later he regretted not being, um, not having stakeholder language in their articles of incorporation. Because when Amazon came in, there was really nothing he could do to prevent that sale because it was in the best interest of shareholders. And that 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 was his legal duty to his shareholders was to do what was in their best interest. Yeah, interesting. So when companies or organizations come to you uh, through the nonprofit work that you're doing with Be Local Georgia, and they say, Nathan, I want to become a B Corp, uh, or my organization want to become a B Corp, what do you tell them? Like, what do they need to consider? What do they need to get ready in order to actually uh, pursue uh, the path and, and become a B Corp? That's a great question. Um, I kind of, without scaring them away, I tell them to buckle up, you know, and I also try to, to, I don't want to say temper expectations, but maybe, maybe it's to give a realistic timeline, understanding of everything that's going to go into the work, uh, the amount of time commitment that is required. And, you know, depending on, on whether they want to spend a little bit of money in a hire an outside consultant to help because there are consultants, you know, I've done some of that work as well. Um, th- that, you know, once you've been through this assessment 25, 30 times, I, I won't necessarily say, you know, everything, but you know, a lot more than somebody going through it for the first time. So that's a question I always ask is, you know, is there a budget in here? Like how quickly do you want to move? And then, um, and if there isn't a budget and, and, but maybe they still are really, really, really wanting to move fast. I will, We've partnered with the University of Georgia, so we're we actually have a formal B Corp class um, in the MBA program now. Wow, amazing! I, yeah, and uh, so it's my first time. I, by the way, tip of the hat to any and all teachers out there. I only had to do three <laughs> lectures, and now they they have their projects and they're working on their projects. But 
that is a very difficult job. I can only imagine somebody teaching the same lecture six times in a day. Like my mom was a history teacher, a high school history. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hats off that to is, teachers. You're right. Yeah. That is, that is, that is tough work. So, uh, but yeah, we're, we're running six projects out of UGA this fall. And then Emory is actually running kind of a pilot this year. So we have 11 students at Emory working on two projects. I was just down there on Friday and kind of spoke to the students about shared some of the tips and tricks of, of navigating the, what the, it's called the B impact assessment is the assessment you have to take. So, and then, you know, we've been, I had a, a colleague that just met with Kennesaw state last week and, you know, I've, I've worked on a project with Agnes Scott in, uh, in Atlanta. Um, one of our newer, soon to be newer B Corps um, wants to get involved with running some of these projects out of some of our HBCUs. So we're really looking to grow our academic infrastructure to both include B Corp in the curriculum, but also to give the students some hands-on experience with the assessment, helping companies navigate it. Because I, I think a it, it will help our ecosystem grow. Um, there's only one of me, so the more right. the more help I can get, the better. But but also, it a lot of our students. I, I like to to joke that I'm one of like three or four that have gone through the program in the last four or five years at UGA that actually works for a B Corp. A lot of them are going to traditional. Um, for-profit, you know, corporations, especially out of an MBA program, you're going to the Home Depots and the UPSs and the Coca-Colas of the world. And, and those companies are, are, are wonderful and fine, but there's still change that needs to be happen that needs to happen. And I'm sending these students out into the world with a, a new set of tools in their toolbox, yeah. a new way, to, a new way to look at corporate social responsibility, a new way to, to goal set and strategize around, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives and, and, you know, pay equity analyses and materiality assessments. So they're going in now and it's my hope that we're training them to go kind of change, change capitalism from the inside until we get everybody to become B Corps. Yeah. I think that's super interesting and uh, really glad to see that you're taking this to students and, um, and, uh, really get more and more students to, uh, from an educational academia perspective to, to learn more about B Corp. So if, if you know, people I think have, it's really interesting, right? Like you're, you're debunking a lot of the things about B Corp. So who, off, who issues that certification? Like where, wh who, you know, what's the entity that's providing the certifications for B Corp and giving that stamp, is that like one entity or is this government associated? Like how, how does that work in the background? Yeah, so there's a nonprofit um, that started up outside of Philadelphia, 2007 uh, called B-Lab. And they're, they're the nonprofit kind of governing body. They, they have the assessment, um, they, cre oh, they created the assessment and then they oversee, they have a whole team of, um, uh, analysts that essentially come in. So you take the assessment, you get to the point where you feel good about your 80. Uh, you go ahead and, you know, for us as an LLC, we went ahead then and amended our articles of incorporation and fulfilled the legal requirement. And then you, you hit submit and you get into a queue. And uh, right now, honestly, the queue is really long and, it, and yeah. people are, 
people are, uh, you know, they're looking at B Lab like, what are you doing? But what they don't realize is that there's 4,000 certified B Corps around the world right now. And in last, the last year, there were 4,400 applications. So basically, wow. yeah, more applications last year than we even had B Corps. So, I mean, with everything that happened in COVID and I think some of the effects of climate change becoming more and more evident and, you know, George Floyd's murder, you saw these things that were, I think, tipping points um, for capitalism. I think a lot of businesses and business owners, um, they see that the that this is no longer a, a nice to have, it's a must have. So yeah, you, I, you, once you get through that, you, I mean, that when you do get through the queue, somebody verifies your data. So like you'll send them your employee roster with birth dates and, you know, whatever you, whatever you have said you do in the assessment, whether it's, you know, tracking uh, different forms of diversity, whether it's, you know, that our pay multiplier was only, you know, five X from, from CEO to, to lowest paid employee, all those things you basically then have to upload documentation and verify and they go through and verify, okay, check those. And then an, um, an audit takes place. Once they verify everything, you get on a phone call for about two hours and somebody from B lab literally walks through the assessment and asks you questions about your answers to kind of verify like, okay, making sure a, that you answered it correctly. Um, and you didn't go like, Oh, I thought it meant this. And that's why I answered this way. And then at the end of that process, basically, if you are still above 80, you are officially certified. So, and then you pay a small annual fee to B-Lab for just, I mean, otherwise they're, you know, they've got a, a whole team of analysts and marketing team and a bunch of collective action groups and all these. So that, that's where the annual fee goes to support things like the Vote Every Day campaign that they came out with a couple of years ago. And now there's, you know, there's the we the change which is a women's collective action group there is a climate collective um and then there's different groups for us to kind of get to know each other network um to add value to the community too that once you get certified you're not just done that this is a journey and we should all be learning from each other supporting each other working with each other buying from each other and opening doors for each other yeah and um for for audience actually uh the b stands for beneficial and yep. uh it's exactly what you said nathan it's about transparency accountability sustainability and performance and that really creating that value for stakeholders and not not just shareholders of of companies so Given the macro trends of ESG and sustainability and climate action and some expectation in the U.S. that SEC, the security regulator in the U.S., may come out with uh, uh, reporting requirements uh, for companies specifically on the ESG fund, uh, mirroring some of the stuff that EU is already um, doing with uh, company space in the EU. Is it a fair statement or a correct statement to say that companies that satisfy or have really strong ESG posture uh, today or tomorrow would most likely or would essentially become B Corps or they have an easier path to become B Corps? How, how do you I, the other way to ask this question is how, how do people reconcile B Corps versus, you know, ESG, uh, et cetera? 
Uh, I mean, a lot of that goes into it. I always, I always say that, you know, when I meet a company or if I know a brand and they approach me and say, Hey, we're interested in doing this. I, I have a good idea pretty early on whether it will be easy or not. You know, I can take a look at your website, look at your annual impact report, look at your executive team. Uh, I was looking at one company today that they, they had all their employees listed and pictured and, mm-hmm. and I'm looking through and it was, you know, super gender diverse, um, uh, super, uh, you know, the, they have an office in Mexico city. So there was a bunch of, of ethnic diversity and gender diversity. And I'm looking there and I'm like, okay. And then I read their annual impact report. And then I'm looking at, um, just their website in general and they're about us. And I'm like, I bet they're doing a lot of these things. And then the cool part is you get a company like that, that is doing a lot of those things. And now you're really, which is why I, I, I'm, totally for some of the ESG reporting because it's essentially a lot of what you're doing is you're going through this assessment. And, you know, I always use us as an example, but I, you know, like, Oh, we, we had always thought we were doing good and we had the intentions to do good. But when you start putting some of your numbers together, when you have to answer a question and actually say whether it was 25 to 40, 40 to 55%, 56, to, you know what? You actually have to be like, Oh, I don't know. Let's, you know, you got to crunch numbers and you go, wow, I thought we were way better than that. Or what percentage of revenue did we, did we give back, you know, to the community last year, as far as time or product. And you're like, Oh, that's not as much as I thought it was. Um, and you start seeing what the, you know, what the loftiest number is. And then you see where you are and you're like, okay, so there's room for improvement. We're well-intentioned, but then it's really easy because now you just go, okay, well, what does that look like for us to get from 0.25% of revenue to 1% of revenue? What would that look like? And then you can do, you know, then you start put, you know, basically modeling it and you say, okay, we would need to do this. Same thing with like, you know, scope one and scope two emissions. I think that's kind of daunting, but you get through the assessment and you're like, okay, well, I want to answer that question and I want to understand what we're doing as far as our economic or environmental footprint. And, you know, there's nonprofits out there that will help you and say, okay, how much square footage do you have? And what, kind, you know, and you're putting together all these things or, you know, give us all your utility bills and then you can get into scope three and go, okay, you know, how much did we travel last year? And those types of things where now you can go, and I understand we need to do more than, than, than just carbon offsets in the world. Right. Uh, we need, and we need to do it pretty quickly. But I think the fact that, that businesses are even doing this now, like you think about 10 years ago, nobody was doing it. So we are making progress and we, you know, you can't go 500 miles if you don't drive the first five, 10, 15, 20. So I, I think that a lot of this is, are all steps in the right direction. I don't think you can, you can ask for everything right now, but I think that a lot of the, the, the changes that are happening in the reporting around ESG. And I, again, that's, that to me is the most valuable part of the business, the B impact assessment is, is, yeah, the certification is great. The community is wonderful, but even if you're not going to certify, it is a free tool to help you not only define your current state, but quantify your current state and say, I want to be at this number next year. Boom. Let's put together a strategy that, that helps the business, um, helps us grow, but also does it in a way that's, that's responsible and ethical and, and stakeholder focus. So that, that to me is the tool where I, I, you can't improve anything if you're not even measuring it. So yeah. it's that first real ground step to say, Hey, we believe in these things. Let's really put a number behind it. And then let's drive to a goal, just like we would with sales or revenue or um, employee retention or anything like that. Yeah. No, I think that that's a great perspective. And uh, 
I agree. I, we, we saw lots of activities uh, from industry perspective for ourselves and, and also for ecosystem. And, uh, you know, we expect that to continue. And uh, uh, we, we do see... Um, we do see progress progress made in terms of companies uh, either become more aware or trying to apply technology to find new innovation and levers to to push sustainability, whether that's internally or externally. And I think uh, the work that you're doing, Nathan. I mean, I think one of the concerns. Um, hopefully it's not repeated uh, compared to the last wave of green tech is kind of greenwashing. And I think for people uh, like you and your organization and actually training kind of students and, and others to really understand the fundamentals of uh, assessing companies and, and think about how to do certifications, I think those are incredibly important. Well, and it's funny because my second lecture, my first lecture was about Milton Friedman um, and laying, <laughs> laying the case for um, the capitalist case for why he was wrong as far as, you know, his Friedman doctrine stating that, you know, employees and customers will will not want to work for social purpose organizations. They'll want to work for companies that can pay the most, that can make it the cheapest, you know, that's who they're going to want to do business with. That's who they're going to want to work for. And he was right in who would drive the shift. He was wrong in which direction they would want to go. But my second lecture was on um, greenwashing. And I, you know, being an MBA, you're, you're trying to push, you know, an MBA class, I'm trying to push their buttons a little bit and get them thinking. And, you know, I, we, I brought up the, the origins of the greenwashing, you know, was that hotel, you know, hotels with the towel and, you know, hang your towel up if you care about the planet and and everybody's like yeah that's so that's so shady that i can't believe that they would do that just to save money and i'm like but did it save energy did it conserve water did it save energy on you know water treatment plants where that water has to be treated and the manufacturing of detergent and the running of the washing machines and they all went uh-huh you know and it was kind of that aha moment for them where they're like okay so this wasn't done from a done to save on their bottom line but at the same time, it did have a positive effect on the environment. If you think about the grand scale of hotels, and I think it's made people more conscious when they see the little sign in their hotel room. And, you know, do I really need to open the second bar of soap to put it in the shower when there's one right next to it on the sink and I'm here for one night? You know, I think it's I think it's opened people's eyes. And I, I think a lot of greenwashing has done that, that, you know, I struggle with it because there there is greenwashing that I can't stand, you know, like Keurig's big. The, all the money they spent to announce that those stupid little plastic cups are recyclable when really they're not recyclable. And like, I think it's 60 or 70% of, of municipalities. So that, that to me is pure greenwashing for marketing sake. But I think there is a lot of greenwashing where like, yeah, they're trying to sell you something, but is it bad? You know, I mean, I look at like all the commercials over, you know, the shift in commercials of like, I don't know. I'm 38. I can't remember seeing like interracial couples in commercials when I was 10. I think it probably would have been a backlash in the other way. And do I really believe that these companies believe everything that they're doing with some of the, com I don't know, but I think they've recognized that it's good for business. And the effect of that is that kids growing up now see interracial couples in commercials. They see people that look like them. Um, they see people with, with handicaps and disabilities. Like they see all these things um, that reflect what society really looks like. And if that makes it more 
normal and more accepted like isn't that a positive effect on society so i don't know i have this love hate relationship with um with greenwashing and then i think some of it is 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 downright shady and probably lacks a little bit in ethics but the effect of it is positive on society i just i basically leave that lecture with do your research do your due diligence um to see what are they actually doing and do they deserve your you know your vote of your with your wallet do they deserve your dollar do they deserve your employment um so yeah i I think that's kind of the i don't know I don't know if that answers the question or not, or if it's just me rambling on about. No, I think it's a great perspective. And, um, you know, every, I think for um, these kinds of um, um, activities where people are pushing the boundary, organizations are trying to transform in a really rapid way and consumers are demanding it. Other organizations, suppliers and vendors and governments are all looking at this. mistakes are bound to to be made but um i think the the net effect will be positive exactly to the point you're saying is that the next generation even the current generation um are expecting more uh expecting more from organizations uh in terms of how they operate but also how they um can move out the world that we live in and the society that we live in forward uh in a positive way and so Really appreciate that perspective, Nathan, um, and really great work that you're doing um, with the B Corp and both uh, your day job and I will say your your other job, which is probably also a full-time, full-time job by now. Um, so last question, how do people find you or how do people learn more about B Corp? Um, you know, just tell us where people can learn more and reach out. Yes. So the, um, if you honestly, if you, and I won't say to use, uh, the, the, the Google, I will tell you to use a certified B Corp out of Berlin. That's a search engine called Ecosia. Um, it's make that your default search engine. They actually plant a tree. Um, I think I forget how many, what the ratio is, but for every number X number of searches, they plant a tree. So, um, really awesome B Corp. Anyway, so Ecosia, uh, B Lab or B Corp certification. I think the actual website is bimpactassessment.net. Is I'm 99% sure, but if you type B Impact Assessment into Ecosia, it'll it'll come up. And then our company is um, advic.com. We finally shortened Ad Victorian Solutions because everybody wants to either put a U in it or they want to call it Ad Victorian. So we just we decided to just by the domain advic so adv like victor ic.com and then uh always open to connecting um with people on linkedin i'm i'm one of those that my a firm believer in your net worth is your or your network is your net worth um so uh, feel free to connect reach out say hi ask questions i'm always happy to answer um B Corp questions or, you know, speak or anything like that. So you can find me on LinkedIn at uh, linkedin.com slash Nathan A. Stuck. Great. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for coming on to the Understory podcast and sharing what you're doing and educating us about B Corps. Uh, Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me.